podcast. I am your host, Gina, aka Gina Marie Fit. And today is episode three, the BS of good versus bad food and the toxic notion of diet culture. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have been on a diet, you have a history with dieting, or you know somebody who has disordered eating or thought patterns and processes when it comes down to food and exercise. And we really think about how many people in the world are affected by diet culture. It's honestly really sad and disheartening. Personally, for me, it has been something I have struggled with since college. My early 20s was probably my absolute worst time because I had this idea in my head If you listened in the last episode about abandonment, I used to have this notion that I thought worth was synonymous with weight and the prettier I was was related to how thin I was. And I used to think that if I was thin enough, then I would be worthy enough. And then if I was worthy enough, then people wouldn't leave my life. And early in my 20s, I had been dating somebody that It's crazy to even look back and think this, but I really thought that that was going to be my person for the rest of my life. And I strived so hard to maintain this unrealistic physical appearance because that is what I thought would keep this person And obviously we're not together anymore and it was just silly to even think that thought pattern. However, for me to make that possible, what's scary is what I did to myself. This person wasn't encouraging these behaviors. It is just what I came up with in my head, what I saw on social media, what I saw being published and being emphasized. And it's what I did. So something that I'm not proud of, and I'm really grateful that I no longer live my life like that, was living in an extreme caloric deficit. And so I would get up at the crack of dawn and I would do my first workout of the day. And then depending on how many calories I consumed and burned off in that day, I would go to the gym in the evening a second time and do straight cardio. And then I would only eat depending on my caloric base at that point. So however many calories I burned off between my workouts and work and then how many calories I had consumed. And then that enabled me to eat depending on where I was at. I used to weigh myself every single day when I would wake up, when I would work out, after I would work out. And that cycle lasted a really long time. And yes, to the outside world, I was thin, I was fit, but people had no clue what I was doing to attain that unrealistic physique. And that is what we're going to talk about today. Diet culture is responsible for a lot of disordered eating, and that comes from advertisements, food labels, social media, and even influencers. At first, it can be really difficult to realize just how toxic the information and environment you are involving yourself in until it becomes problematic and you're so deep that you're trying to find your way out and you can't. A lot of this stems from the concept that there is one health, like one type of body, one physique that is synonymous with worth, with beauty, 
with health, with weight, and it's only achievable in reality to excessive exercise and restrictive caloric intake. This idea that being a certain physique or weight or body structure is the only way to feel pretty or valued or worthy is something that I remember even young as a child, every single person you saw pictured on magazines, on billboards, celebrities. And now as I'm older and you hear these people telling their story, they share all of the things that they had done to obtain these unrealistic physiques. So if you're not familiar, you're probably asking yourself like, what exactly is diet culture? It's a group of societal beliefs that overly emphasize the importance of physical appearance, that somehow being thin and fit are synonymous with each other, and that while by being seen as this ideal physique, quote unquote, that that is what everybody should strive to achieve. That somehow somebody is seen as superior once they make this achievement, which reality is just an unrealistic standard. It's the idea and philosophy that what is most important above anything else is obtaining this thin physique. And it comes from strategic labeling, labeling foods as guilt-free, skinny girl, low fat, low calorie. And it also now is the result a lot from societal influence and social media influencers. They push a lot of trendy topics. They push a lot of weight loss miracles. They push a lot of workouts, ensuring that, oh, you'll burn X amount of calories or you'll get these results. When in reality, every single person's body is different. And even if you follow that that social media influencer, that personal trainer online, and you did everything they said to do, you followed their day in the life of eating, all of it, you would not look the same as they do because you have two different genetic components, you have two different genetic predispositions, and no two people ever look exactly the same. And so this concept that if you take the products I take, you do my workouts, you eat the way I eat, you're never going to look like that person. And honestly, a big part of this comes from this constant trend and emphasis on different diets. You know, keto was big, paleo was big. I still remember when people were doing juice cleanses. And the reality is, if you're seeking a true lifestyle transformation and you want to achieve a certain level of results in a healthy way, you can't do it through things that are unsustainable. Because when you start incorporating those foods that you were avoiding, and then you realize how it affects your body, you can't sustain the results from these diets. And so this concept that health equals thinness, when in reality, health is supposed to be multifaceted. It should be seen as a diverse spectrum that focuses on all aspects of a person's lifestyle. This includes emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, and it can also be cultural. Healthy means different things for different people. And that's something that I solely think we could like solve a lot of the world's problems if people just stop trying to force their desired outcomes for their life onto other people. Just because you don't like the way a person looks or you don't like their physique or you don't like their body type 
means nothing. Your opinions are solely that and they don't define a person's worth or value just because you see them as less than because that's not what you're striving to achieve. I really feel like if people just minded their own business that a lot of world's problems could be solved by people just keeping to themselves. And so a lot of this comes from the promotion of restrictive diets and disordered eating. And I don't even think some of these influencers realize this is what they're doing. Dietary restrictions can include everything from caloric limitations to consuming lower calorie foods, sugar-free foods when you don't need to be consuming them, or honestly removing entire food groups like people that don't eat carbs because they think carbs are bad. My big thing is when I hear clients say, oh, that food's bad for me, or oh, that food's good for me. We should be looking at food in terms of nutrient-dense nourishment. No food is bad for you. No food is good for you. It's not this black versus white concept of good versus bad. Every food has a caloric amount. It has a nutrient density and a certain level of nourishment. At no point should you have to take away entire food groups to get results. Encouraging things like this is what encourages toxic thought patterns and behaviors that leads to restrictive and disordered eating. There's what's really become this false dichotomy that I've noticed a lot, especially being on social media, is bad food, bad people, good food, good people. And so we have created this notion that if you eat bad foods, then you're somehow a bad person. And that now as a result of that, because you did indulge, so to speak, you now feel guilt or shame for your choices. Shaming people into losing weight is so incredibly harmful It's something that blows my mind when people insert themselves into other people's lifestyles and tell them that they somehow should, oh, I really think you should lose weight or, oh, I think this. It's really sad that we think providing ridicule and guilt is somehow going to yield motivation in people. It's honestly shocking to me in 2023 that people still participate in these antics because what happens to those people what you don't realize you're doing is you're aiding them in developing compensatory strategies so that when they do overeat, when they feel like they're over consuming things or they eat things they're not supposed to be eating, then they have this reverse process where they'll increase their activity or they'll starve themselves. And it's so dangerous in the long term. And these are the things that society and social media have been promoting for years. The reality is there is no one size that means health. Having a negative body image and self-esteem is detrimental to so many other things other than just your physique. And it's something that comes from this situation with diet culture and this concept of good versus bad food. When in the reality, shaming people causes a stigma with obesity. And you see it a lot, even I remember when Lizzo came onto the scene. Here's this incredibly talented person and she was being shamed for her natural body type. They created a stigma around her being overweight in their terms. And it was really sad because when you get to know this individual, here she is vegan. She eats super healthy. She works out all of the time. She just has a different body structure than these people that were shaming her. And they somehow felt that they were in the right to be discussing her body 
on social media and in the news. It was honestly insane to me. There's somebody that is doing something that so many of us could never do, performing, playing instruments, going hard, being on tour, and you're shaming her because you don't like the way she looks? It's just appalling that we as human beings participate in these actions on a regular basis. The insane pressure that people feel to lose weight in scenarios like this is what is a big part of diet culture. Because think about every person that looks similar to Lizzo, that has a similar body type. They're going to feel that guilt and shame because she's a celebrity. And here you are denouncing somebody doing the most. I'm sure a lot of people thought if they feel that way about her, how do they feel about me? And that is what leads to us assuming that people that have a different body type are seen as lazy or unhealthy, when in reality, just because somebody's thin, it doesn't make them healthy, nor does it make them the epitome of beauty or worth. Your weight has nothing to do with your willpower. It has a lot to do with your upbringing, your culture, where you came from, the food choices and access to food you had as a child. Your weight doesn't define your worth, your value, and it also doesn't mean anything to do with your exercise level or your physical capabilities necessarily. Your body type does not mean that you are above anybody else. What makes me honestly the saddest thing as a personal trainer is when clients who are struggling with their weight or their body type and they use exercise as punishment. I did this and I'm not proud of it, but I used to over exercise to expedite results that I couldn't maintain because they weren't realistic. And you can see this a lot, especially when I worked in a studio, the guilt behind people missing a workout, the need to work out more than once a day, the need to work out more because a holiday is coming or because they indulged more than they're used to. I really try to avoid using the word binge because I feel like that's definitely a clinical diagnosable term, but the overindulgence of food, the emphasis on how many calories were burned in a workout, making that synonymous with what they could do that day, what they ate that day, or if they would return back to the gym for a second workout just because they didn't feel like they burned enough calories in that workout. And it was honestly shocking to me when I would witness what seemed to be, again, external healthy people. You would see their external physique and assume that they were one way. Oh, they're healthy. Oh, they're fit. Oh, they're a beast. And then Sometimes in certain cases you would learn about their disordered eating or their overemphasis on exercise or the fact that they never took a rest day and ever emphasis on recovery. It was really shocking to me how many people worked out seven days a week or did doubles on so many days and never took the opportunity to recover, to stretch, to give their body a break. And this is what people don't understand is that you keep going at that level and your body's going to stop responding. You're going to plateau. You're going to have difficulty achieving results because you're doing more than your body should. And when you don't emphasize the importance of rest and recovery, you will pay for it in the long run. So 
There's been a lot we've talked about in this portion. So now this is like that action item. How do we pivot? How do we recover? How do we move forward as a person, you know, from our personal individualized aspect and also as a society? The first thing that I think is the most important is to reject diet culture. Like first and foremost, seems super simple. I know it's not, but it's a difficult and overwhelming task. This requires a serious mindset shift. You have to be able to rid yourself in your life of these items, these things, these patterns in order to make this lifestyle change. So something I did was ridding my pantry of low calorie items, like low calorie cookbooks. I stopped revolving my life around my workouts and my calories. There's a period of my life when I literally didn't go places or do things or socialize because I didn't work out. So I would skip going to dinner with people so that I could work out. That's not necessary, nor is that healthy. The second thing I think is super important is that you learn to prioritize movement that is enjoyable, not movement that's going to guarantee you a certain caloric burn, not movement that you feel like is going to expedite your results. Exercise and working out should be something that we get to do, not something that we feel that we have to do. It should be enjoyable. It should be fun. It should be doing things for yourself in that moment that you genuinely look forward to being a part of and participating. Yes, you have the benefits of obtaining certain physiques. I know I'm working to increase my muscle mass as I'm getting stronger and recovering from a TBI, but when you choose those workouts, you should be choosing to do the things that you seek and desire to do and not putting yourself through hell by participating in a workout you do not enjoy just because you're going to burn more calories. The third thing that was super helpful for me and I encourage a lot of my clients to do that have this obsessive mentality is to ditch the scale and learn to nurture your relationship with nutrition. This fear I used to live with when I would lack 10,000 steps when I had a nutrition coach blows my mind to this day. I literally remember doing laps around my kitchen island to hit that 10,000 step goal because this was before I was a coach, before I had all the education I have. And I assumed that if this is what this person said and I did these things and I would get these results and that's not necessarily what happened. You should not feel compelled to get yourself out of bed to go get your steps in. Like literally, it's just insanity to me that these are things that I saw on social media being encouraged. They're things I participated in, but yet did not yield the results I was hoping for. Also, what's really important when you're trying to nurture a relationship with nutrition is listening to your body, the things that you crave, and not dictating your intake by the caloric count of certain food items. I cannot even believe that there is a period of my life that I did not eat carbs. If you know me, I always joke that if you need a personal trainer and you want somebody to tell you you can't have things, I am not the personal trainer for you because your girl loves donuts. I love candy. I love sweets. I love all 
food, to be honest. And the fact that I restricted myself for so long just to maintain being under a certain weight just honestly makes me sad because I think about all the missed opportunities I had to eat donuts. <laughs> like there's something I just love eating. And the reality is that we should be choosing foods that fuel us, that make us feel good, and that we don't feel like we have to punish ourselves because we ate them. There is no good versus bad here if you have not figured it out. Every single food has a nutrient-dense amount, has a certain level of nourishment, but just because you ate that donut or you enjoyed your holiday meal isn't going to deter you from getting results, and we have to stop teaching people that it will. The fourth thing I think is super important and probably like the hardest thing in my opinion is changing your thought patterns and processes and learning to be okay with where you're currently at. Acceptance for the current body that you are in, appreciation for all that your body endures, and then being able to tell yourself and say affirming positive things that you actually believe. Because saying affirmations or reading personal development isn't necessarily helpful if you don't actually believe it. Rephrase the way you say things. Try to ditch the labels of good versus bad. Try to rid yourself of the idea that you have to earn things by working out and try to make the lifestyle shift. That is embracing all that you are, all that you've been through, and knowing that if there is a certain avenue you want to pursue in this transformation, that it's going to take time. And give yourself the grace and love you deserve because you know you're going to be consistent, you know you're going to put in the work, and life's going to happen along the way, and that is okay. Lastly, I think the thing that is super important as you are trying to rephrase your thought patterns, as you are changing your relationship with nutrition and learning to reject the societal pressure is building a community of people like you that are learning to embrace themselves and to avoid surrounding yourself with people who are overly obsessive about exercise and food. When you surround yourself with people who are not ready to make this transition and change, it can be very detrimental to your own progress because here you are trying to pursue a different ideal and lifestyle and here you are continually hearing these same thought patterns be brought back into your life. So be very mindful of what you expose yourself to, who you follow on social media, and be mindful of what those are saying around you so that it doesn't send you backwards as you continue to make progress with rejecting diet culture and learning to love the skin you are in. Today's call to action is actually loaded in the description of this podcast. So this year I set out on a mission that my 2023 and 2024 would not look remotely the same. I really want to expand my health and wellness business in the sense of developing an online community so that I can reach people where they're at. So in the description, the last link you'll see is actually access to my free health and wellness community that I just launched and will be building out in 2024. And if you happen to be local to the city of Tampa, 
bonus points because we will be doing monthly local meetups and you guys will get to hear more about a recent partnership I acquired with the Beauty Boost community where I will actually be leading fitness events and speaking on panels to help others help themselves. So stay tuned and I'll talk to you soon.